Welcome back to another edition of the Interlake Sports Now. I'm your boy Josh Dugan. It's Thanksgiving week, everyone. I know there's a lot going on, whether it's running around town, doing family functions, getting geared up for Black Friday, or getting geared up for that Grayson Bobcats upcoming playoff action. Whatever it may be, I do want to say I am thankful for the support of you checking out the show today. Thank you for taking the time to do so in this busy time of the year. That's what I'm thankful for and the support of the Daily Interlake team for keeping up with the action. All righty, y'all, let's get into the fun. We're going to recap the Montana Prep Football State Championship games from over the weekend. We're going to highlight our prep players of the week, and then we're going to dive into some brawl of the wild action, a little cat grizz talk, talk about both teams and their playoff destinies. Both teams did land spots in the FCS playoff tournament. We're going to dive into that more later, but it was worth mentioning. First, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad. Go to the Flathead's best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. All right, quick reminder, you can subscribe to the Daily Interlake E-Edition to get all your local news right at your fingertips. Check out thedailyinterlake.com for more information. All right, before we jump into all that Brawl the Wild fun and all that stuff going on and the prep football roundup, I do want to mention Carroll College. Their football team had their season come to the end over the weekend. The number 16 nationally ranked Fighting Saints traveled to Des Moines, Iowa to take on the Grandview Vikings and ultimately did lose 17-14. Carroll was the lone frontier conference team to make the NAIA playoffs this year, so kudos to them on their success and giving a tough fight to the number two team in the nation. All right, so this was the last weekend of fall sports action We had the Montana State Football Championship games. We're going to recap the scores from around the state real quick. The Daily Interlake did have some of the team down at the Class C eight-man state title game featuring the Mission Bulldogs and Belt Huskies as well. So we're going to recap that after we do a quick roundup of the scores. So real quick, your Montana Class AA state champion football team is the Helena Capital Bruins who beat the Bozeman Hawks 35-14 on Friday to finish their undefeated season and claim the Class AA crown. I did have a chance to watch the Bruins take on Flathead earlier this year. They had some you know, solid players, some athletes that really stood out. What I remembered was they just did it in a number of ways, not just one guy beat you, full team effort. So kudos to them in their championship run. Next up is our Class A champions, the Lewistown Golden Eagles, who beat the Billings Central Rams 34-14 to Saturday to cap off an undefeated season as well. Lewistown beat local schools Polson and Columbia Falls on their way to the championship. Next up is your Class B championship the Florence Falcons took home the crown, knocking off Missoula, Loyola, 48-14. Florence finished their season 11-12, excuse me, a Missoula-Loyola upset, undefeated Big Fork in the Class B semifinal on the way to the big game. So we're going to skip the eight-man championship for a sec. We'll get to that recap. Last up is your Montana State six-man football champions, the Big Sandy Pioneers, who beat Broadview, Lavina, 67-27. Congratulations to all of our football state champions on all of your hard work, your dedication to the game, and passion for the sport. That's what it's all about. And, hey, it's not easy bouncing the books in the football field, so credit to all you. All right, let's get into that eight-man state title game. 
the Daily Interlake did have some team down there. Our photographer, Casey Kreider, and then, you know, sports editor, Katie Brown, they were down there covering the action. So let's dive into it. This is by Katie Brown of the Daily Interlake. Belt rallies to beat Mission for the eight-man title. The Belt Huskies broke out in the second half of the Class C eight-man championship game at Mission High School to top the Mission Bulldogs 52-24 to and claim their first title since 1994. Garrett Metrione scored four rushing touchdowns to lead Bell, including three in the second half. Ethan Triplett added two rushing scores. A frigid first half tilted in the Mission's favor, and no doubt the cold temperature presented its own challenges for those catching and throwing the ball. The Bulldogs' first score came from a block punt that Canyon Sargent pounced on and ran for 10 yards or so in. This was after the team's traded interceptions in the first quarter, and neither were able to turn in points. Bell answered in the second quarter with a one-yard rush by Metrione and led 8-6 after a successful two-point conversion. Kenny Ness scored the first of his two TDs at the 6-26 mark of the second, and Mission led 12-8 after a failed two-point conversion. The Bulldogs were unsuccessful converting any of their two-point attempts on the day. Belt reclaimed its lead with a 35-yard rushing TD from Jeremy Nebel with 5.09 left in the half. Then Chance Brockman ran back an interception eight yards to give Mission an 18-14 lead going into the half. From there, Belt seemed to break out like the sun from the clouds, scoring on nearly every possession while Mission faltered on both sides of the ball. Mitrione scored two third-quarter touchdowns and one early in the fourth. Just like that, the Huskies led 46-16. The Bulldogs showed some life when Kellen McClure hit Ness for a 40-yard touchdown reception, but that was all they could muster. Triplett scored again, this time a six-yard run, and the Huskies padded their lead to 51-24. Bell was 5-7 for seven on their two-point conversions. Mission on the day was aiming for its first eight-man title. The Bulldogs did win a six-man title in 1948, but it is not recognized by the MHSA. And ended, they did end their season third. 13 and 1. The Bulldogs played this game without star running back Bryce Humphrey. Bell completed the season 13 and 0. Two members of the 1948 Bulldogs six-man team, Joe McDonald and George Biggs, were invited to do the coin toss. All right. Well, kudos to Mission and congratulations to Bell on taking home the championship. It's never fun to lose the local Mission Bulldogs, and even though they came up just short, hey, you have a lot to be proud of. You set the foundation for the team next year. And very cool to see those old teammates from way back get together and, you know, recoup some memories from the 1948 Bulldogs six-man state title team that happened over 70 years ago. So that's special. Anytime you see some, you know, teammates from the past get together, especially with that duration, very special moment. Overall, that does it for a great season of prep football in Montana. What a year it was. Okay, before we move along to our prep players of the week and some Cat Grizz talk, Here's a message from the team at Nomad. At Nomad, the key to our success has always been the amazing talent and experience of our team. Based in one of the most beautiful places on earth, our Kalispell, Montana headquarters is home to some of the most skilled engineers, integrators, software developers, welders, electricians, carpenters, mechanics, and professional staff in the market. Our team is dedicated to working collaboratively with our value clients to ensure success in every mission. Join our team. Check our careers page at nomadgcs.com slash careers to view current job openings and to submit an application. Remember to go check that out. And remember, you can check out the full prep recaps on the Daily Interlake website or that Sunday edition of the Daily Interlake to get all your prep football action and moving forward, prep basketball, everything else. So shout out to Nomad, shout out our prep athletes, and let's move it right into our prep players of the week presented by Hagadome Media Group Montana. The team in Montana is here to help you grow. Our skilled team will assess your marketing goals and craft ROI-focused campaigns home to meet your business needs. 
Our integrated marketing solutions will help your people find you wherever they are looking, whether it's Google, YouTube, apps, or your local newspaper. Contact Anton at 406-758-4410 for more information. That's 406-758-4410 for more information. Let's dive into those prep players of the week presented by Hagadome Media Group Montana. First up, Big Fork Volleyball Duo, Inga Turner and Zoe Albert, who led the Valkyries to a 27-4 and record on the year that included a runner-up vision, excuse me, a runner-up finish at the Western B Divisional and a berth into the State B Tournament. Next up, sticking to the volleyball scene, we have Polson duo Claire Todd and Avery Starr. Who are named to the All-State Volleyball teams, the duo played a key part in Polson going 17-4 this season and winning the Western A Divisional title while making a trip to the State A Tournament. Todd was third on the Pirates and Kills and led the Pirates and Blocks. Star, a setter, was second on the team with Diggs and led in Aces. Just to clarify, the Big Fork duo of Inga Turner and Zoe Albert were also State Volleyball, not, uh, got the nods on the State Volleyball team, and that is why they are our prep players of the week. So shout out that Big Fork duo. Shout out the Polson duo. You know, epic stuff going on there. Let's keep it moving. Mission Football duo Canyon Sergeant and Kenny Ness are next up on our prep players of the week for their efforts on special teams. Ness did have a couple touchdowns on the day, but it's worth mentioning. Canyon Sergeant. Also, great football name. That's worth mentioning. But it's worth mentioning. This duo got it done on special teams. The duo makes the cut for their teamwork. Ness blocked a punt early in the state title game, and Sargent pounced on it for the touchdown. Although Mission came up short, it was an epic moment in an epic game in the state title game. Blocking a punt, one of those things you'll never forget. And it's our first special team nod of the season. It's the last prep football game. We had to get some special teams in there. Had to give some respect to those guys out there doing the dirty work. Maybe they don't always get the credit they deserve on special teams. So shout out Sergeant and Ness, the first prep players of the week to make the team for their efforts on special teams. Before we move on, I do want to use this as a quick opportunity to give a shout out to all of our Montana high school athletes who gave it all this fall. Whether it was soccer, cross country, flag football, volleyball, golf, or on the gridiron. Major kudos for putting the time, effort, dedication, everything that it takes to compete in prep sports while balancing everything that it takes going into being successful in the classroom. So kudos to those athletes. Major round of applause. I think that they definitely deserve it. I mean, great stuff. Great stuff. All right, I've been waiting a long time to use the applause button here, and that was my opportunity. So applause to all our prep fall athletes, many of who will be competing in winter sports and spring sports, so we'll be following their journeys a little more. So round of applause. Again, those were your prep players of the week presented by Hagadone Media Group Montana. The team in Montana is here to help you grow. Our skilled team will assess your marketing goals and craft ROI-focused campaigns on to meet your business needs. Our integrated marketing solutions will help your team find you wherever they are looking, whether it's Google, YouTube, apps, or your local newspaper. Contact Anton at 406-758-4410 for more information. That's 406-758-4410 for more information. This has been a rocking and rolling type of show, jam-packed. We've been rolling right through it, but let's get into it. It's that time. Talk a little Grizz. Talk a little Cats coming off what you could call the Montana Super Bowl, one of the biggest weeks in Montana sports. I do want to mention the reason I jumped into the prep football stuff first. You know, I think 
the state title games being on the same weekend as the Brawl of the Wild, it kind of overshadows the accomplishment of those prep athletes. So we had to give them their shine first. Now it's time, though, to move into a little recap of that big game, all the action surrounding it with College Game Day in town, and looking forward to both teams in their playoff dreams, really. I mean, playoff journey, whatever you want to call it. All right, let's do it. So as we mentioned, you know, College Game Day was coming to town. I talked about that last show, and man, the atmosphere was absolutely electric, as you would expect with ESPN and the number one pregame show in town. And I think my biggest takeaway is they did a great job of putting this these this rivalry in the national spotlight, the state of Montana, and their passion for the game of football. There was fans out there. It was negative three degrees at 6.30 in the morning, and people were going buck wild with their shirt off. They didn't care. It was one of those things. It was Montana football, and it was the brawl of the wild. So it was epic, and I think I mentioned it before. If you're a recruit you know, looking for a school at the FCS level, and you're like, I can go play at this Montana school with this rivalry where I get to look forward to – this at the end of my season, that's going to sway a couple kids to go there. So I think it does wonders for recruiting, honestly, for both programs. I thought it was epic and just loved seeing the representation of the state of Montana on the national platform getting some love. My favorite moment from the whole thing, football icon Lee Corso made his return to the show after missing some time with an illness, and it was special to see him put that Bobcats hat on, rally the Montana State crowd. He always... I shouldn't say hat. He put on the mascot head for the Bobcats. He always picks a mascot of who he thinks is going to win the big game for the college game day that they're at that stadium, at that game. So it was epic to see the football legend incorporate the Montana State logo in there and the mascot, and it was just surreal. Overall, ESPN did a great job. Shout out to Bozeman and all of their fans and the Grizzlies fans and everybody who showed up out there. The Bobcats fans made it a special scene. So, now, let's get into a quick excerpt of the action from the Daily Interlake's Fritz neighbor who made the trip to Bozeman to cover the game. This one's titled Overrun. Cats piled up 439 rushing yards and 55-14 route of the Grizz from Bozeman by Fritz neighbor. Tommy Mallott, Montana State's superb sophomore quarterback out of Butte, is as direct at a post-game press conference as he is at hitting the gap on a zone running play. We're extremely detailed and extremely physical, said Malah, after he helped the Bobcats dismantle the Montana Grizzlies 55-14 in the 121st Brawl of the Wild, and that wins a lot of games. Malah ran 15 times for 141 yards and two touchdowns in front of a record Bobcats stadium crowd of 22,037. Fellow QB Sean Chambers ran for 86 yards and a score. Together, they signaled the Grizzlies were in trouble early each leading 75-yard scoring drives that went quick and didn't have a single forward pass. Adding a jailbreak snap that resulted in an MSU touchdown plus a goal-line fumble by the Grizz, and it was a runaway by halftime. Montana State won its eighth straight conference contest and a record 18th straight at home, while the 10-1 Bobcats earned a share of the Big Sky Conference crown and a top-three seed into the postseason. 7-4 Montana will have to see Sunday if they made the playoffs. They did, by the way, as we talked about earlier. So... From there, you can go read the full recap on the dailyinterlake.com or pick up that Sunday paper of the Daily Interlake and grab that from November 20th. So let me, it is worth mentioning, shout out to Fritz. He made it out there for the game. He had some awesome coverage leading up to the game. Go check that out on the Daily Interlake website or from last week's papers. Just a ton of good stuff about the rivalry, about these two teams. If you missed it, it's fun, fun stuff and some good history for you. I enjoyed it. All right, so shout out to Fritz. 
and the Bobcats took care of business. We're not going to dive into the whole recap because from there it gets a little ugly for the Grizz. But here is my stat of the game from the Brawl of the Wild. The Bobcats led 38-7 to with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, and they were 4 of 6 passing the ball for 89 yards. That pretty much sums up the kind of performance they had rushing the football. There was almost nothing the Grizzlies could do to slow down the Bobcats' rushing attack. Here's my biggest takeaway from each team's performance on the day. First off for the Grizz, truthfully, I gave kudos to this defense all season long for being the thing that kept this Grizzlies team in games when they were struggling and dealing with injuries at the quarterback position. And I think they wore down a little bit in this one. I think they blew out Eastern Washington. They blew out Cal Poly. They got those big wins. They came in here with the adrenaline pumping, ready to go. And at the end of the day, you can only keep that up for so long. Your defense can only carry you for so long. And once Montana State dominated that first half and took that early lead and kind of jumped out and the Grizzlies defense was on the field for almost the entire game, it felt like it was just too much to handle. Now, that being said, I think they can bounce back this upcoming week in their playoff matchup with Southeast Missouri State, SEMO, as many call it. I think that the thing is the Grizzlies' defense got hurt by their offense making mistakes. The Grizzlies' offense had penalties, and they had turnovers. And what does that do? It forces the defense to play from behind and to be on the field that much longer. So I think it caught up to them. This isn't a knock on the defense. They deserve credit for keeping this team in contention all year long. But I think at the end of the day, you can only do that so much and expect your defense to pull off miracles for so long, and it just didn't happen last week. So we'll see how they bounce back in the playoffs, and we'll see how that goes. Now, as far as the Bobcats, my biggest takeaway, this coaching staff has the utmost confidence in their offensive line and rushing attack. Look, it's one thing to run the ball effectively on first down, short yardage situations, go out there and be like, hey, let's pick up that third and one, first down at 10, let's run the football. It doesn't matter the situation. Second down and long, third down and long, they were pounding the football, picking up first downs, and it just shows that Brett Vegan has so much belief in his offensive line and his rushing attack. And when they're doing that, picking up first down after first down, keeping the chains moving, using a variety of weapons, Chambers, Malat, Marquis Johnson, a plethora of running backs, Willie Patterson, they have a ton of guys who can beat you. They use their tight ends, their fullbacks. So the Bobcats keep teams on their toes. They threw the ball six times with their quarterback, and it felt like the Grizz were off balance the whole game. You would think that they were running a totally balanced offense, and it just wasn't like that. That run game was pure Poetry in motion. Kudos to the offensive linemen, fullbacks, and tight ends for clearing the way. The Bobcats have a lot of trust in that unit. And I will say, the way the Bobcats offensive looked, wouldn't be surprised to see Bobcats offensive coordinator Taylor Housewright get a few phone calls. I mean, if I was looking for a head coach at the FCS level after seeing that performance, that might be the guy I want to bring in because he just – Pretty much called a perfect game against their biggest rival and one of the best defenses in the country and did whatever he wanted to. So impressive stuff with that run pass option offense. Now let's get to the playoff news. This could have easily been the biggest headline, but like I said, we wanted to focus on those prep athletes and their accomplishments a little bit before we dove into this. So first off, just despite dropping the ball of the wild, the Grizz snuck into the playoffs and even landed a home playoff game this upcoming Saturday, November 26th 
at 8 p.m. versus Southeast Missouri State, a.k.a. SEMO, who finished the season 9-2. and two. The game is going to be on ESPN2, so this will be another national televised opportunity for the Grizz, who played Sac State on national television earlier this year. I expect the Grizz to be extremely hungry coming off that loss. College game days in town. You can almost say they got embarrassed a little bit versus their rival, who you know they kind of considered the little brother in the state rivalry. Well, sometimes the little brother, you know, finally gets the win over the big brother, and they just keep putting them on. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. They're like, we've been waiting for this. We're just going to pile it on. So the Grays are going to be hungry. Bobby Houck's going to have that team fired up, and they're going to look to bounce back. The biggest question mark for the Grays is who's going to be starting at quarterback. I think Lucas Johnson, when healthy, is still one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS level. The problem is he hasn't been healthy in probably a couple months now. Do you start Daniel Britt? Do you throw him out there at the quarterback position and let him run the show? It very well may be worth it. He had a nice second half, made some plays with his legs. He's an athletic quarterback as well. He can make a lot of plays. So maybe they change it up, go with the healthier, fresher quarterback, and maybe that's the spark they need to get back on track offensively. I did see FCS chairman Jermaine Truix mentioned in the pre in the selection show, excuse me, they had the FCS selection show Sunday morning to pick who was in the playoffs, and they talked with the committee chairman. He mentioned that injury to Lucas Johnson during the toughest stretch of the Grizzlies season was part of the reason the Grizz made the playoffs because they still looked like one of the best teams in the country on film. All right. As for the Bobcats, they landed the fourth seed in the FCS playoff tournament to earn a first-round bye, so they will wait to see who's on the horizon between the North Dakota Fighting Hawks and Big Sky Conference foe Weber State, who the Bobcats beat 43-38 to earlier this year in a wild game. They had four safeties go in favor of the Bobcats. The Wildcats made a bunch of special team mistakes. That resulted in eight points. Without that, Bobcats lose that game. So how does that one turn out? That should be a really good game, depending on how the first round matches up. We'll, we'll bounce back next week and update there who the Bobcats will be playing. So the last thing I'll say about the Bobcats, the 4C guarantees two home games for them on their quest to another national championship appearance. Worth mentioning, the Grizz and the Cats are on opposite sides of the bracket. A couple dice roll the right way. The poker chips kind of fall in line. You know what I'm saying? We get a little Grizz-Cat rematch in the championship game. Now that would be something. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Never say never. All right. Overall, five Big Sky teams made the postseason with the Idaho Vandals, Sac State Hornets, both joining the Montana schools and Weber State, who we mentioned before. Conference was loaded. UC Davis almost made it as well. They barely missed out. It was a ton of fun to cover this season. Shout out to all those Big Sky athletes who I had the opportunity to watch. It was a lot of fun. Some high-level football people played at the FCS level this season. And Big Sky might be at the top tip of the iceberg as far as the most competitive. And now I'm a little biased, but they're up there. If you would really have to show me a deeper conference from start to finish. That's where I'm getting at. They have five, six teams who can, in my opinion, play with anybody at the FCS level. I don't know if any other conferences quite have that kind of depth. Now, as far as top heavy, there might be a couple teams who their one and two could hang with. All right. Point being, the Big Sky was really deep this year and a lot of fun. So, All right, I think later this week I might do a little Grizz playoff preview. Keep an eye out for that. Follow me on Twitter, jdugan406. I'll be keeping you updated there. Maybe we'll be lucky, get a phone call with Fritz Neighbor. We'll see how that all goes. I know he's coming off a wild week of covering the Brawl of the Wild, driving out to Bozeman, a lot of action. So 
That'll do it for today's show. Before we wrap this thing up, I want to give a special thanks to Hagadome Media Group Montana for their support and remind everyone listening that this episode was brought to you by Nomad. Go to the Flathead's best manufacturer, Nomad. It's a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Nomad has worked with NASA and various branches of the United States military, so you know Nomad is a name you can trust with your manufacturing needs. For more info, visit nomadgcs.com. I repeat, nomadgcs.com. That'll do it for today. Thanks again to the Flathead's best manufacturer, Nomad, and Hagado Media Group Montana. On our next episode, we'll check in on how the Grizz fared in their home playoff game for SEMO, and hopefully be previewing their next opponent as well. Plus, we're going to find out who the Bobcats face, go over that game a little bit. Who are they going to be facing? How deep can both teams go? Is there any chance the Montana teams can meet up again? It's exciting. As far as fall prep sports go, that was pretty much it. I think we'll do a little general fall sports recap next week and then start to look ahead to winter sports in the Valley and beyond. That'll do it, y'all. I'm Josh Dugan, and that'll do it for the Interlake Sports. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving, and like I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time, and I hope you have fun. Be safe out there.